Andrew sent out a WhatsApp asking if people would like to share this morning in the service. And um, I began to run the clock and work backwards, and I thought, okay, it's got to be a 45-minute sermon, less whatever anybody's going to share this morning. But uh, praise God, we have a few people who are going to share uh, with us. Um, But I'd, I'd like to invite you, if you feel nudged this morning, to share something of what you believe God is going to be doing for you over this year, I'd encourage you to... Just put your hand up at the appropriate time and we will allow you to share that or if you have a verse you'd like to share with us. Um, The clock is ticking and so Sunday is going to be the roving mic reporter walking around with the mic if anybody would like to. And he has strict instructions that after the time is allotted, he just walks away. But one of the people I asked to share this morning is our dear brother Pete Meisner, uh, who we all know had, uh, had a nasty, nasty accident not so long ago. And Pete was uh, really keen to share with us uh, some of what God has been doing in his life over this time. So uh, Pete would like to come up here and speak. The good news for Pete as he makes his way up, thank you brother, is that when his time is up, I just kick his crutches out from underneath him. This does give you new perspective on many of our brothers and sisters who are differently able to us. And that's one of God's great lessons that I've learned in the last few weeks. Um, it's been very very, um, shall we say, humbling, interesting, and um, how shall I say, uh, life-changing in many ways. Folk, I'm, uh, so I just want to thank John and you folk out there for this opportunity um, to testify this morning, and that's why I'm here. I, I pray that you will take out of whatever I may say. Um, let the Lord speak to you in whatever ways that may be. And while I'm not addressing a topic of new year or new beginnings specifically, I know it won't be much of a leap for you to extrapolate uh, into that, uh, shall we say, uh, thinking. Um, And I'm I'm really reflecting on... uh, how the Lord has opened my eyes anew. And those around me, many of whom are in this room, and in fact you all are here, and I I would entitle it The Power of Community. By way of introduction and in anticipation that not all here know me, nor anything much of what led to me sitting here in a rather, sorry, physical state, My name is Pete Meisner. I've been a sinner all my life. Yet through faith in Christ, my sins are forgiven and I've been redeemed as a Christ follower since I entered a personal relationship with our gracious Father God at age 15. I mention that because that very act of faith 
And that decision has been the golden thread and has colored my life since then. It's given me context, focus, and purpose, and perhaps is the starting point of understanding my further testimony to you today. Indeed, if you remember nothing of what I'm sharing today, please take Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8 to heart. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has, there's that wonderful word, that he has lavished on us. And if you do fall asleep now and don't remember anything else I've said, I pray that you will remember that. But also perhaps the take-home message uh, of my further testimony here is you don't have to wait to be lying immobilized in a hospital bed. Uh, you don't have to wait for some <laughs> spectacular accident to respond as a community. And you don't have to wait for anything to visit your neighbor or your friend or just to say something in terms of a word of encouragement. And that really is my take-home message. We here now can do that. I'm a professor at UCT, and today it does in fact mark very much a beginning in the sense <clears throat> that after 42 years up on the hill, so to speak, I'm technically retired as of today. Actually, they stopped paying me, I should say. <laughs> Although I will enter a new phase of work uh, on a six-month post-retirement contract in February. Completely unplanned, however, was the nature of my departure from UCT on a Saturday morning seven weeks ago when I went out with a bang, not a whimper. Short story, I fell off an eight-foot wall while freeing a branch from some overhead cables and thanks to gravity, I ended up pretty much smashed up with a broken pelvis, ribs, both wrists, my right jaw, eye orbit, and cheekbone, in much pain and discomfort and scaring the pants off my family. And, of course, you as my friends. Thanks to the grace of God, however, gravity didn't have the final say. Clearly, it was not God's time to take me home yet, and I sit before you today expectant of a 100% recovery and very much enriched with a greatly deepened faith. Both divinely and serendipitously, through this, I have a new understanding and appreciation of humans, us, as God's perfectly created image of humanity and of life from the perspective, as I mentioned earlier, of many who are struggling physically, emotionally, intellectually, being differently abled to the vast majority of us, of their family and personal lives, of those around us being overworked, those, and I'm thinking particularly of the medical staff, many of whom are in this room today, with high expectations and zero room for tolerance. They struggle, and critically many are struggling spiritually. 
And this is the point at which I obviously was referring to when I said we can make a difference as a community and we don't have to wait to be in hospital for that. I speak of the folk that I have been privileged to have interacted with over the last seven weeks, fellow patients, all manner of healthcare workers, some of whom I even taught in my UCT life, my God-given incredible wife and family, and the community that has visibly and crucially impacted and come to the fore in my healing. The power of community in my fresh understanding, the way God created us and intends for us to live. 1 Peter 3 verse 8, just a few verses if I may. Finally, all of you, these verses are in response to, I think, a question, and I remember Francis Schaeffer's book, How Then Shall We Live as Christians? Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. That has been so true in my life. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, with which God prepared in advance for us to do. Yes, dear friends, my community worldwide, and including many here this morning, have risen spectacularly to supporting me, holding all of us Meisners through this, loving us, exercising compassion and putting aside themselves. Further, I hope you would join me in finding it rather mind-blowing and encouraging to know that God has prepared good works in advance for us to undertake. Every morning in hospital, I could wake up knowing that there were people out there that I would encounter that God has prepared for us to bless in some way. What's my role? I just needed to be ready, receptive, and willing to act when God puts those people before us. So I kept my eyes open and my heart ready to act. Forgive me, some of you may have heard some of these stories, but um, I'm putting them in here because it gives a complete picture, I believe. Groggy, but awake. Immobile, and pain meds kicking in. Day one of 13 in ICU. What the hang am I doing here? Am I really seriously traumatized? Answer, yes, apparently. The medical aides call it polytrauma which means you hurt a lot and you've got lots of injuries. So what's God's purpose in this? Open eyes. Aha! My very attentive nurse has a name I recognize, a name which pops into the Meisner network. Muttering Christian utterances to which she immediately responds positively, I say, I can't move or do much in my current state, but I can pray for you 
and those around me. To which she responded by gathering a group of Christian nurses around me, then and there, to pray for me. Grand! I now know who my fellow believers are, and a rapport is immediately set up, standing me in good stead throughout my stay in ICU. And there is great encouragement in praying for them in their critical, selfless, and God-honoring work. Asleep. Day two in ICU. Much shaking of shoulder. Pete, Pete, Pete. Pastor Andrew here. What? Am I really hurt enough to warrant a pastoral visit? Am I dying? A new experience for me. And I may add, and I've referred to this already this morning, something we can all probably help with. It's really not that difficult to talk and pray with and for someone who is literally a captive audience. Seriously, though, and voicing and showing interest, reassurance, compassion, and empathy, doing that is something we should all be doing in all ways, and especially to around those around us who may be suffering. 1 Peter 4, 8 to 10. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling, to which I add, the Lord forgive me for editing his word, um, to which I add, hospitality encompasses being a good friend. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Bear in mind, visitation and friendship may be a gift, but it is actually available to all. And I add that our challenge is to do this all the time and not necessarily await calamity to exercise. Indeed, not only was I blessed with many visits from Pastor Andrew, but many of my long-standing friends and colleagues, those whom I haven't seen for long periods and those in my inner circle that I see daily in some cases, and in all cases such visits were hugely meaningful. Days 1 to 13 in ICU. Many UCT medical graduates and specialists. Prof, what the hang are you doing here? This is funny. Now the student-teacher role is reversed. Ha, ha, ha. We're in charge of you. Some even add, uh-oh, medical biochemistry wasn't my strong point. Hope you won't be examining us again. Don't worry. The UCT family will look after you. We're on your side. One ex-pharmacology PhD student of mine, now working at Vincent Pilotti, spent a lot of time with me, almost daily, regaling his experiences of my tutelage and life stories to anyone who would listen, ensuring that my value and God-sent worth in his training and that of many other students, was not unnoticed. Being encouraged thus bolstered and buoyed me enormously, I believe, in a God-inspired way. Aged patient next to me, difficult to communicate with, confused and somewhat demented. Not once in my time with him did he receive a visit from anyone. 
Many nights shouting out, Help me someone! Help me nurse! Please call an Uber to take me home. My address is 159... There is money in my wallet. God granted his wish. He was taken home. But sadly not in an Uber. This was the single most... single most impacting moment in my weeks in ICU. That gentleman died alone. Not a single person next to his bed. One minute he was asleep, the next eternally asleep. The outcome may not have been any different. But I do believe had he had a friend or a community of caring friends, Perhaps even a gifted member of Pinelands Baptist, in touch with such opportunities, his final days may have been far more comforting and surely have made a difference. Day six, unusually quiet in ICU. So sister in charge sent many of the nurses to take a lunch break early. Meisner uses the opportunity to straighten himself, have lunch, and play with his wonderful electric folding bed. Murphy's Law. Pandemonium breaks out in the now understaffed ICU with a poor patient requiring immediate intubation. All hands on deck, red alert, and Meisner attempts to flatten his now uncomfortably positioned 90 degree folded up bed and await post lunch cleanup. Horror! Bed noise! Rather than the expected. It's stuck, and I'm unable to move or extricate myself to a more comfortable position. No staff available to help. Ena, I simply have to wait for help. I actually can't move. And an hour and a half later, once things have simmered down, only then can a nurse come to me. But they also see the funny side. And they condemn, and they realize that they too can't unjam unjam my bed. So they organize my transfer to a different bed and condemn the stuck one to a corner of ICU, no doubt waiting for the next unsuspecting patient to be placed in. Moral of the story, recognizing the humor in such incidents is, I believe, one of God's created coping mechanisms. I don't think it irreligious to consider that God does have a sense of humor. And so I could go on. My time out of ICU and in rehab, it's rehab for physical rehab, not because I have a drinking problem, just as meaningful, if not more so, as there was more time to actually talk to fellow patients. And again, God has this wonderful plan of placing us in the presence of those with whom he wants us to interact, to minister to, to talk to, to get along, and to befriend. Pray for my now ongoing opportunity I have with J.M., a French Mauritian who has realized the Catholic doctrine is empty and false and is openly searching for God. In his own questioning, Peter, it's not too late for me, is it? I'm 75 years old, 
and saw my way to God as undertaking good works through stewardship of the earth. What an opening for the gospel to be shared. Pray that my sharing or that of other Christians God will bring into his life, I have no doubt, will allow him to give his life to the Lord personally and truly. Prayer for DG and his wife. A similarly aged and educated Capetonian to myself, whose life was changed dramatically and suddenly some seven months ago when he was run over by a bucky when he looked the wrong way crossing the road in the USA. Now a paraplegic. But my, what a positive man. And that without a Christ relationship. Imagine the impact on him coming to faith and knowing that God spared his life for such a decision and opportunity. Pray for Mr. G and Mr. D, both stroke patients who bonded with me as a Christian and we could spend time praying for each other and praying for opportunities through our invalid days and worshipping him in a God-designed purpose through such. Indeed, my time in hospital has shown me the transforming power of being God's handiwork, both in my life and the life of my community around me. Those I was able to touch, to share a word with, encourage, pray, share jokes with, or enter into deep conversation. Right from the beginning, it was clear to me what the purpose in undergoing this trauma was. To touch lives around me, to gain a fresh perspective on others and how we may help, and even unseen, pray, pray, pray for others. The opportunity, as you will gather, for me to broaden the scope and range of my God-given network has rejuvenated me. Take out of my comments what you will, but be encouraged. You don't need a theological training to be a friend to someone in need and to love. As I experienced in a staggeringly real way, the heart and spirit of Christ will reveal and empower you to love. Rest assured, you can love. How so? And I beg your indulgence. I'm not going to quote from scripture this time. I'm going to quote Sister Monica Jones from my favorite TV series, Call the Midwife. To love a person is to see all their magic and to remind them of it when they have forgotten. To put a scriptural slant on that, we could replace the word to love a person is to see all their worth and to remind them of it when they have forgotten. In my case, I realize now I do tend to forget. But praise him, I have been reminded through the power of a loving community. Amen. Thank you, Pete. We um, very challenged from your experience. Thank you for sharing.
Is Novama here today? There she is. Novama, do come share. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, church. Um, my name is Nomava. I, some people know me, some don't. I sit at the back or upstairs. Uh, I've been with the Baptist Church, I think, for four years now, or three years, I'm not sure. Uh, but when I saw the WhatsApp group that said, do we have any testimony to share, I said to God, oh, yes, by all means. Um, so... On the 26th, in our, we have a tradition of circumcision, so my, this, the initiation school. So I have a 20-year-old son. So this year was his time to go for the initiation school. And I must say it's one of the traditions that makes me very uncomfortable. But uh, we grew up with it. Um, so I tried to um, counsel him during the time up until November, so we left Cape Town on the 26th of November, and we drove uh, to the Eastern Cape, and there were challenges in in the process of preparing because I got him out of wedlock, and his father is now married, so there were so many challenges, Uh, but God was good, and we had a very good conversation going down to the Eastern Cape, and one of the things I said to him, I said, my son, I understand it's not an easy process, but I... I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support you in prayer, and I know God is going to be with you. And um, so one of the things that you can do for yourself is, is that you can have a journal, and you enjoy that time, and you must know that it's not going to last forever. And so when I saw um, the opportunity to testify, I said, let me come and, and thank God, because my son came back a new person. So I said to him, it's not only about tradition, but you, 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 you need to take the value out of it. But I just want to thank God and say, God has been good. Uh, my son came back a, a very new person. Uh, my son came back with a book, a journal. Almost the book is almost full. With uh, plans for the future, with so much. And I thank God. And in the process, you see me on, on, on a wheelchair. So... Um, on the 15th of December, I was hit by a car whilst jogging. And uh, both, my both legs were affected. Um, this side was the ankle, and this side was the knee. Uh, after the accident, I, didn't say, um, I, I had to pull myself, because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a runner, I'm a hiker, I'm a cyclist. So what happened, the guy... Unfortunately, I, normally I do an oncoming um, traffic uh, jogging, but, but because there was no yellow lane on the other lane, so I had to use this one. So apparently the, the, the guy was fighting with a, a taxi driver. So the taxi driver pulled right in front of him while driving. So he didn't see me because the taxi driver uh, was impacting his view. So he, he drove into the yellow lane and he hit me. And he pushed me under the car. And I had to drag myself out of the car. And he pushed me for a very long distance. And I said to myself, but the guy has achieved what he wanted to achieve. Why is he not stopping? But by the grace of God, I pulled myself out of the car. And my head was next to the driver's wheel. My feet were next to the other wheel. 
so I was squashed um, right in front of the car. But I came, I came out alive and I survived. And one of the things that I thank God for, I never shouted to the driver. Uh, but I was able to say, when, whenever I say to him, do you realize that you nearly uh, ran me over on my head, I would cry. But one of the things that I'm thankful for is that in the process, I trusted God. And in the process, it was not about the person that has done it, but it was about God. And it was, it was about me saying, maybe I could have done it. And, um, and through the process, I'm in peace. And God has shown me that. So I say, you know, the Bible says we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against the principalities and the spirits. So whatever spirit, one thing that I know and one thing that I'm joyful for is that the spirit now has gone to his uh, friends and chummies to tell them that the God that she serves uh, is bigger than everything else because I, I could have died. Um, I, I, my, my head was, the, 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 the tie, the, the, the right tie, I was running right here by my head. So I had to pull myself, and I had a very deep wound here because I was pulling myself on the tight road. So really to new beginnings because really God has changed my personality and it doesn't come easy because the old me could have said so many things to the driver but I did not say anything to the driver and I trust God that through the situation um, the driver was able to see what it is to serve God and I trust and I pray that his life will also uh, be in Christ. He will also uh, start to serve the Lord. Thank you so much. Amen. Let's just pray together, shall we? Uh, Father, in moments like this, sometimes you don't know even where to start from. But we can only come to thank you because you are a God who is an ever-present help in times of trouble. And to you be the praise and all the glory. We thank you that you are God who is able to see the end from the beginning. We thank you that you are the author of life and that our lives are held right in the palm of your hands. We thank you for saving our sister we know that, Lord, you've got a sovereign plan for her. And that the plan that you have for her is not an evil plan, but it's a good plan. A plan to give her hope. A plan to give her an expected end. And in that, we rest our case in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Um... As I listened to Pete's testimony, I thought, okay, he's giving a lot of details. Um, when I prepared, I thought I'm keeping it as short as possible, <laughs> but because um, you all know my story. So, but I just wanted to take this opportunity um, to give God all the glory for his faithfulness. And um, Pete, as you mentioned, the community, um, I saw that in action this year. Um, so just briefly to recap that, my son had an accident, also falling off a ladder in March, and he also had very bad injuries, and he had to have a stoma bag. Um, and I still so clearly remember the day after the accident, or a few days later, um, 
Jan and my life group phoned and said, um, how can we help you and what are you going to need? And I said, no, we're fine. Uh, you know, it's okay. Don't worry. And for once I was glad somebody didn't listen to me because the poor boy hit the fan big time <laughs> just a day or two later. And um, yeah, so I just saw God's hand in um, protection over my son. Uh, a surgeon recently told me that that sur- first surgery literally saved his life. Um, so yeah, I just thank God for his protection. And then I saw God's provision in so many ways, um, financial and just in practical ways, how the church just stepped in and, and just literally helped and supported um, by sending the right visitors to Stuart, uh, people that's also had stoma bags, just in a practical way, um, encouraging him, helping him, and just, yeah, just it was so meaningful. Um, and also for my children, I, I think to see, you know, the, the food arrive and um, just how people have come alongside. Um, they felt so loved and cared for also in the process. Um, so I just thank God for his provision. And then for God's healing. Um, I was just reminded that Stuart's original surgery date would have only been this Friday. And God, in a miraculous way, opened the door for him to have his stomach closure in October. Um, so, yeah, just so grateful for that. And praise the Lord. He is well and he is healthy today. So, yeah, it's been a very difficult year. Um, but as I thought of sharing today, and I thought, yeah, it's been such a challenging year, and then I thought of all the people that had challenges in this church last year. So I thought, gosh, yeah, it's not, I'm not the odd one out, you know. Um, but just, yeah, the difference I think that it made and, and, and how God um, carried and strengthened me and sustained me through the process uh, through a loving community. I mean, especially my life group and, and this PBC community, just for your love and your care and your support and especially your prayers. Um, it really just carried us through that difficult time. And, um, yeah, I just want to give, I've seen God's hand of faithfulness in so many ways, um, also, his faithfulness in um, ministry, um, how he continues to, to heal, deliver, and restore people through the Zosa ministry. And I was also so grateful um, this year that we were able to finally do some Zosa training. You know, it was like planned and planned, and because of COVID, it was always just postponed, you know. And that um, I had a handful of people that came to the Zosa training and uh, was um, very excited about the fruit of the ministry, and also receiving inner healing themselves. So yeah, I just want to encourage you all, um, life is tough at times, but one thing remains, God is always good, and he, he carries us through those times. Okay. Thank you, Yolanda. Isn't this what church is all about? It's family time. It's just uh, time when we can share with each other. Time when we can see God's hand. Times when we are challenged. Um, And I know our time is gone. But I wonder if there's maybe one or two others while we have this family time. And I hope there's no roasts in the oven today. But there may be one or two others who would still like to share what God has done. Just put your hand up and... uh, Sunday will rush over to you with our roving reporter. Thank you. Thank you. Two years ago, Ellis died due to
during COVID. And of course, there was no travel, etc. When things began to open up, we, my daughter and I, decided that because the bank in Canada had ignored totally our lawyer here, we needed to go and kickstart the movement for the estate. So eventually, through a friend, we managed to find seats. Not our choice of dates, but when dates are given to you, you just grab them. And of course, the Lord has a hand in that as well. So we had two weeks in Canada, and we had to stay three weeks in the UK in order to get back to Cape Town. But... See, I do have family in the UK. In Canada, we managed to get things moving, and I'm only moving. But then when we were in the UK, I, we decided to spend 10 days with my nephew and his wife. My nephew's wife is not a Christian, and for some reason... She has latched on to me and has been asking so many questions. And the door was flung wide open for those 10 days. And I realized that that was God's appointed time. So my prayer has been, and if we could all pray for dinner that this year she will come to know the saving grace of the Lord and experience his love because she is full of fear and believes in science and that the love of God will be revealed to her and she will come to know our darling, dear and precious Savior. Amen. Thank you, Ruth. One more. Anybody, one more. Uh, amen, hallelujah, praise God. Um, just another testimony. Um, I just want to share what happened this morning. Um, so as I woke up this morning preparing to come to church, I normally attend the church in Way. There's a small church there. Um, it's not a crowded church, but I do go there just for the word. So as I went there this morning, <laughs> the church was closed, and I'm like, oh my God, this church is near my house. I don't want to go far. So as I was walking and the baby's heavy, I'm like, I hope this church is open. <laughs> I wanted to go to the Omega Fellowship, and I was like, it's way too far. I can't walk with the baby. And then when I got here and I saw the door was open, I was like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. And we got in, and I was so happy. And um, just the welcome, like the way I was welcomed, I was very happy about that. Because at the other church, it's just how you have a seat and you go home, no interaction at all. But as I was at the house, don't want to make this too long, <laughs> um, on the radio it said um, provision and vision. So what it clearly said is what is, I'm surely like, this is for my age now, <laughs> um, your vision that you have for this year 
is it aligned with God's purpose um, and provision also? I mean, like we get all caught up um, chasing the money, chasing the career job that you want, but is it aligned with God? Are you giving back to the community? Are you giving back to the people? And as I was standing there, I was like, God, that's what I really want, and that was on my heart. So with that said, as my son was trying to stop us from coming to church, saying that we must watch on YouTube and trying to put my hand down <laughs> and him playing games until 12 a.m. and not waking me up to pray. Um, I pray that we will come here every Sunday. <laughs> All right, thank you. Well, that seat's got your name on it now. <laughs> Welcome, and good to have you among us. Let's pray together. Lord, as we are reminded of what community is all about, as we are reminded of what the early church was all about, as we are reminded, Lord, that we need to make sure that we are so tuned to you that whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, whether we end up in hospital or whether we are watering our gardens and talking to the neighbor over the fence, that it's time to share the love of Jesus in every way we can. Perhaps the world is not ending on the 30th of June, Lord. Only you know. But we pray that as we are challenged by the testimonies this morning as we're challenged by the thought of a community out there, all of whom need a touch from you. All of us need a touch from you, Lord. And thank you for those of us in our number who've been able to provide those touches in our faithfulness in service. Just something very brief I want to end with before we sing our last song. We read in Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 13 is the chapter of the parables where Jesus is sharing a whole lot of parables, one after the other, parables. And the disciples asked him, why do you share in parables? And... Uh, I love Jesus' response because he's, his response was something like this. People have eyes but they cannot see and people have ears but they cannot hear. And uh, it is the, the parables, the examples of things that people remember. And so the parables became uh, one of the favorite ways of Jesus' teaching to us. And just the parable I would like us to just think about for a moment as we, as we end our service this morning is found in that, in that chapter, right at the, towards the end, two little parables that he shared um, where Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven. And he talks about the parables of the hidden treasure and the parable of the pearl. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When it is found, when a man found it, he hid it again, 
and when in his joy and then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field and again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls when he found one of great value he went away and sold everything he had and bought it and in thinking of community life as we close this morning just one little story i want to share in terms of the value of the kingdom of heaven and the opportunities that we need to take to go and share you know in the early church we read that um, you know the disciple uh, the the christians so loved one another and they went and sold things that and gave to the poor when the poor were in need we've always been challenged by that i know that we in our community of pinelands live in a, a reasonably affluent society don't we and we're all challenged by that which god has blessed us with and i'm not sure that uh, my interpretation is exactly that i need to go and sell everything and give it to the poor but i do like this interpretation Um some of you might have heard of a man called Juan Carlos Ortiz a wonderful evangelism of days gone by part of the Billy Graham team at one time and uh I just want to read this to you Ortiz talks about this in his book Living with Jesus Today and he said Jesus is this pearl of great price and refers to this verse that we've just read. Juan Carlos explains the pearl of great price with this parable. Where God says to him, "Look at this pearl, Juan Carlos." Juan Carlos says, "Oh, I must have that pearl. How much does it cost?" And God answers, "Well, the cost is one thing. It is very expensive, and I don't know even if you want to buy it." Well if it's that expensive says Juan Carlos who can buy it God replies everybody can buy it Well father how can everybody buy it when it's so expensive and God replies it's simple It simply costs everyone the same price It costs them everything they have Oh man says Carlos that's a great price And that's why it's called the pearl of great price one Carlos. But I must have that pearl he says. Okay, God says, what do you have? And one Carlos said, well, I've got about $100,000 in the bank. And God says, okay, give that to me. And he says, so the pearl is mine. And he says, well, what else do you have? He says, well, I have a few dollars in my pocket. says i have i said everything god reminds well i've simply got to have that pearl says juan carlos and so here's the money and then god gives the pearl he says oh i can't wait to take it home god says to juan carlos you didn't tell me you had a home it'll cost you your home god responds Well, I've got to have that pool. Okay, you can have my home. I suppose I can always sleep at my place of business. 
He didn't tell me you had a business. Hand it over to me too, God says. And he says, all right, I will do that. He says, I'm not sure where I'm going to sleep. Probably in my car. You guessed it. You have a car. Hand over the keys, God commands. Okay, well, I can't wait to show this pearl to my wife and family. You have a wife and family? You didn't mention them. It'll cost you them too, God says. Now you can have that pearl, says God, passing the gem to Carlos. But here's the thing. I will give all these things back to you for you to enjoy. But remember, they are mine. And when I come calling, make sure you use them for my glory. Let's pray. Lord, we are challenged this morning for our lives to be dedicated to you and for our lives to be focused on those around us who are in need. Not just in need in terms of poverty and in need in terms of hunger and in need in terms of health, but in need in terms of knowing And meeting the Savior. And so as we leave here this morning, we trust that we will go into this day, into this week, into this month, and into this year, praising you for who you are, and sharing the love of Jesus with those who need him. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen.